It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. Carry it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. A fourth and ten. And here they come. Make this pass. It's intercepted by Mosley. Moving on down the top. Bell breaks a tackle. Looking downfield, fires this one, and intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. Welcome to Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter, at Play Like a Jet 1. And we are going to recap day number 13 of New York Jets training camp with the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Matt Stipulkowski. Matt, I bet you are glad that this was at 8 o'clock in the morning rather than you having to get out at 1 o'clock in the morning like you did after that Jets-Giants game on Thursday. Uh, yeah, very true, though I spent uh, yesterday moving boxes and stuff. Uh, I had to do some apartment moving yesterday, so waking up early today was uh, a little bit painful, but... Yeah, I suppose still better than 1 o'clock in the morning. Is there any truth to the rumor that you were helped on this move by fellow members of the Jets beat, Daryl Slater and Andy Vasquez? Uh, No, absolutely no help from either one of them. They are worthless. They're the worst. I have to text those guys later and yell at them. (laughs) They call themselves friends with friends like those who needs enemies. That's right. We, 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 had, we had movers helping us, so I suppose they were off the hook. <laughs> well, I know that you helped Daryl move recently, so he certainly owes you a favor then. Oh, yeah, 100%. Him and uh, his wife, Maggie, uh, I am going to make sure that they have me out for a nice dinner sometime soon enough here. Make sure you run up the bill. Have them take you to a fancy steak place, Matt. Perfect. I'm sold. <laughs> so let's talk about the big news. First and foremost, Marcus May is back and he practiced today. You and I both thought that there was a very good chance he was going to start the season on the pup list and miss the first six games. But apparently that is not the case. Very good news for the Jets. Jets fans can breathe a sigh of relief, at least for now. Yep. Uh, May back on the field today. Like you said, he was activated from the pup list and he was on the field kind of in a limited, a limited capacity, basically the same as he was doing in the spring practices, OTAs, stuff like that. So he did uh, individual drills. He did some seven-on-sevens. He did not participate in team drills. So uh, the Jets are still going to have to kind of build him up to that. But definitely a good sign that he's back on the field. Uh, you know, the doctors and he both felt he was ready to get back out there. So uh, a good sign for the Jets. Uh, he had been dealing with a nerve issue stemming from the, sh- the shoulder surgery he had at the end of last season. So uh, the fact that that is apparently starting to clear up is certainly good news for the Jets. Now it's just a matter of trying to get him ready for week one, and we, you know, the Jets have four weeks to do that. So uh, unless there's a setback, you have to think that that's plenty of time for him to get back on the field. So uh, I did ask Adam Gates about that in the post-game or post-practice press conference. Uh, and he wouldn't quite commit to that. He looked at me like I had eight heads and said he was just focused on tomorrow. So uh, he didn't want to think about four weeks down the line. But obviously Jets fans, when it comes to May, want to do just that. Um, so you, you have to imagine that four weeks is going to be enough time for him to get ready at this point as long as he starts progressing. 
We'll get into what Gase and May had to say a little bit later because they did talk after practice, so we'll save that for the end. But definitely good news because safety depth is very thin behind Marcus May and Jamal Adams. You got to figure that even with May coming back, you know they have Rontez Miles and Doug Middleton, but they can't be content with that. I would imagine that Joe Bam Bam Douglas is going to be looking for some safety depth once there are some camp cuts. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, you know, Gabe talked after practice. He actually he gave Rontez Miles kind of some rave reviews, so they might feel like they have a little more depth there than uh, some of us might give them credit for. But, uh, again, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see there and see if Douglas uh, decides to make some moves and just bolster, bolster that spot. Uh, personally, I think he has a couple other holes on the roster that are a little bigger that he should be worrying about. But, uh, you know, you, you upgrade the team wherever you can, however you can. We're going to get to those holes in just a second, and they are glaring, but... I will say this, the idea of watching Rontez Miles being played by Greg Williams 30 yards off the line of scrimmage on that island scares the daylights out of me. Uh, yeah, I can't say I blame you there. That's uh, you know not exactly something that he's done a lot of the last couple of years, and there's probably a reason for that. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. So those glaring holes, Matt, let's start with the most obvious one, kicker. Chandler Catazzaro was the guy that was here a couple of years ago. He wasn't that good. Then he left saying that he didn't really want to be here because he didn't like the weather. Then he came back. He was terrible every single day in camp. He was terrible during the preseason game against the Giants. Now he retires. Taylor Bertolette is here. Talk about these recent developments and what you think could be down the pike, because I have a feeling that Taylor Bertolette is not the final move that the Jets are going to make a kicker. Yeah, I would certainly be surprised if Bertolette was the uh, end-all, be-all here, and, you know, the Jets just call it a day with that. I mean, he's 26, and he's never kicked in an NFL game, so if they think that's good enough, uh, I would certainly be surprised. But, yeah, Ken Zero uh, walking away kind of helps the Jets a little bit from a salary cap perspective. I just wrote something about this over at uh, NJ.com, but uh, the fact that he retired as opposed to the Jets cutting him, they can go after his $500,000 signing bonus now and, uh, you know, paste that back onto their cap if they want to. So that's a little bit of good news for the Jets. Um, 
But, yeah, I mean, there's a few options for the Jets. There's some free agents floating out there. I know uh, Matt Bryant, uh, Blair Walsh, some free agent names that you could throw out there um, that, you know, are floating around. It could be possibilities. And then uh, I might butcher his name, but I believe it's Carr Vedvik from the uh, Ravens. You know, he's got a, a big leg and kind of has been the hot topic recently. So, who knows, maybe Joe Douglas makes some calls to his old team and sees if he can strike a deal over there. The report this morning from Adam Schefter was that at least four teams had called, two of them from the NFC North. I would guess that one of those teams is probably the Jets, not one of the teams from the NFC North, but one of the four. If not, I think they'll investigate. Supposedly, Brant Boyer really liked him last year, and they were considering bringing him in. I know that it would probably take a conditional late-round pick to get the guy, and there are people that are questioning why you would do that, considering the idea that it's not smart to give up any assets at all for a kicker, and that Vedvik only kicked for one year in college, wasn't really that accurate, and you're basing it more on the potential that he's shown in preseason games. But you see this a lot, Matt, guys that don't necessarily produce great numbers in college because of the fact that they switch positions or they start to bloom a little bit later. If Brant Boyer really likes the kid, and obviously there's some demand for him if multiple teams have called about him, I'm not really going to get that upset if they trade, say, a conditional sixth rounder for him. Because if he flops, they don't give up anything anyway. And if he's good, you've solved the kicker problem, which, let's be honest, this is a team that's probably going to have a lot of really close games this year and maybe even next year and the year after that. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I'm, I'm no kicker expert here by any stretch of the imagination, so... Uh, personally, I would lean on, you know, if Grant Boyer thinks he's going to be a good kicker and can make something out of him, then sure, why not if you're the Jets? And I also sometimes am of the mind that people, uh, you know, both fans and within the NFL kind of overvalue some of those really late-round picks. Like a, a seventh-round pick is such a lottery ticket, so, you know, why not earn it on this guy? Um, you know, maybe you find someone in the seventh round or maybe you can turn that seventh rounder into a kicker that you're a little bit more certain of than whatever guy you would have picked with that spot. So, um, you know, that's, it's an asset. Uh, it's a risky asset. If you use it in the draft, it's a risky asset if you trade it for a kicker, but, uh, right now that's the Jets need. And if they think that's their best option to try to win some games this year, then, uh, I, I would say, why not go ahead and pull the trigger and see how it goes. I'm with you on that. I really think that the value of late-round picks for the most part, and granted, there are exceptions. Every now and again, you get a truly awesome player in the sixth or seventh round, but typically, those picks are used for depth players, for special teamers, and as assets to use to package for guys like this or to move up in the draft. So if you think very highly of the kicker and you think he can solve your kicker problem, I'm not really going to get that upset if they decide that they want to trade a conditional 6th or 7th round pick for the guy. But the other big glaring hole with the Jets beyond kicker is cornerback. We saw on display on Thursday night, Matt, how thin this team is at corner. The starters really aren't even all that good, but beyond the starters, it is a horror show. Everybody was hoping that Derek Jones, who was the darling of early training camp last year, might step up and start to do something this year. A lot of people took to blaming Todd Bowles not playing him last year on Bowles wanting to try and save his job instead of playing Derek Jones, who was younger and might struggle a little bit more than the veterans, and that it was all Bowles' fault that Jones didn't get to show what he could do last year. 
Well, I guess it wasn't Todd Bowles' fault because the Derek Jones era of New York Jets football is over. Jeremy Clark is gone. Now Derek Jones. Talk to me a little bit about Derek Jones leaving because, Matt, obviously they must not have thought much of this kid because we know how terrible the depth is at corner. So if he's getting cut now, that just tells you all you need to know about what Greg Williams and company think. Yeah, a thin position just got even thinner, but uh, apparently the Jets weren't too concerned about chopping him off the roster. You know, they must not have felt like they were losing too much, like you said. And I mean, at this point, when you look at the Jets cornerback uh, spot, you have to just imagine that a good deal of the cornerbacks that end up on the final 53-man roster are guys that we don't even know their names right now. Um, you know, Joe Douglas is going to have his work cut out for him, just picking guys off the scrap heap when training camp ends and teams go out and make their final cuts. Uh, you have to think that he's going to pick up at least a couple of guys at that point just to fill out some depth, uh, add some competition in there. Because uh, I know we're going to touch on injuries later here, but Trumaine Johnson kind of picks up a scare today. And you've got Kyron Brown, an uh, undrafted rookie out of Akron, stepping into the starting lineup now. So uh, that is you know, pretty clearly not good enough at the corner position uh, if you've got guys like that as your next line of defense. And so... Uh, Douglas is going to have his work cut out for him, and I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if a good chunk of the names that end up on the final roster are ones we don't really know of right now. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before, and I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Keep your eye on the Eagles. They have a lot of corners, whether it's a trade or somebody gets released. I think there's a good possibility that Douglas goes back to his old team and grabs somebody, if not as a potential starter, which I would like. I would love to see them go out and grab Rasul Douglas, then maybe somebody who could at least be a depth piece. So keep your eye on what goes on in Philly. By the way, with the release of Jarek Jones, it means the return of Nick Truesdell, who was released the other day when the Jets brought in Alex Lewis. So Truesdell comes back. I don't know much about him, but obviously they must see something in this kid if they keep bringing him back. Yeah, I'll be honest. I also don't know a whole lot about him just because he keeps you know, he's in and out, in and out to have to really get a, a feel for him and watch much of him to start evaluating. But, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, there must be something that the Jets liked about him. And also, I mean, the Jets are just relatively thin at that position to start with when you consider Chris Herndon's going to be suspended in the first four games of the season. Uh, and then, you know, you don't have a whole ton of, you know, big time tight end talent beyond that. So, uh, why not bring in some pieces there, toy around, see if you might be able to find something there, a guy that can help you, you know, in one aspect of the game or another. So, uh, Truesdale back in there and, you know, now hopefully he'll stick around for a little while and we can actually get a sense of what he's capable of. So let's talk about injuries here. No Leonard Williams today, no Avery Williamson, no Ryan Khalil, and no Brian Winters. Khalil obviously can be explained by the fact that he's brand new and he's just not ready to practice yet. It has nothing to do with injuries. But talk to me a little bit about the other three, Williamson, Leo, and Brian Winters. Sure. So Brian Winters, I'll start there. Uh, Adam Gase described him as week-to-week 
uh, said his injury came on a uh, field goal, I guess the PAT after the Jets scored their touchdown. He was out there blocking and just kind of got hit the wrong way, and it, you know his arm went the wrong way and you know messed up his shoulder. So he didn't go too far into detail on what exactly is wrong, uh, but he said week to week uh, and didn't really rule out the fact that this could be something that bleeds into the season a little bit as well. Uh, then you've got Leonard Williams, and that remains just more or less a, a precautionary thing from what Gates tells us. Uh, he, you know, Leo had some hip irritation last week, and the Jets just don't want to push him. They want to make sure they take their time getting him back in there. So, uh, you know, another basically maintenance day for Leonard today. And so when it comes to Avery Williamson, uh, that was a foot issue that kept him out of practice. Again, Adam Gates didn't go into much detail there just said it was a foot so uh and he didn't really get pressed on that one there were so many injuries today that we were following up on a bunch of them but that one i guess slipped through the cracks a little bit so keep an eye tomorrow and see if avery's back out there we'll have to find out if this is a you know more of a long-term thing or if it was just a you know the, the matter of him taking one day to rest up and get better again after the giants game uh and then truman johnson uh he picked off sam darnold on a play uh, just kind of dissect that play for a quick second. Kind of looked like Eric Tomlinson went the wrong way. He kind of broke one way, Sam threw the other way. So a little miscommunication there, or maybe it was just that bad of a misfire from Sam, though I have trouble believing that. But either way, it found the arms of uh, Trumaine, and he started streaking in the other direction, probably would have took it all the way to the end zone. There was no one in his way. Obviously, it's practice, so the Jets you know, didn't have him actually return it 70 yards or whatever. But uh, Tremaine wound up coming up lame, hamstring issue. And that one sounds like it could be a little bit more of the serious variety. Uh, this is just kind of reading in the, between the lines of Gase's rhetoric. But uh, in the past, when we've asked him if he's concerned about an injury, he's been decently quick to shrug some things off when he doesn't think it's much. Uh, the Leonard injury for one thing he keeps kind of you know parroting that it's not a big deal uh when Quincy left practice last week he said that he wasn't particularly concerned about it but this time around when he was asked if he was worried he basically just said yeah anytime a guy who makes his living running picks up a hamstring injury uh you know you don't feel too good about it so uh you know I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of reading into Gase's comments but Obviously, he didn't dismiss it and say that this was just a, you know, a tweak and he'll be all right in a few days. Uh, I guess he's playing it a little more close to the vest, uh, being a little more cautious, and is going to kind of wait to see what the tests say and you know what the trainers tell him as well. So uh, that one is certainly one to keep an eye on because, as we've said, cornerback, not a good spot for the Jets. So if he's out any sustained length of time, things should get pretty ugly at that spot pretty quick. Not only is he easily the Jets' best and most proven starting cornerback, he was starting to turn things around at training camp. Like you said, he had a big day today. He's had a couple of them strung together now. This would be a huge blow if he is to miss any time. Tell me a little bit about what he did before he got hurt. It was 70 yards that he returned that interception of Darnold? Probably around there. I'm trying to visualize the play. I didn't jot it down in my notes. But, uh, yeah, the... The offense was definitely on the plus side of the field. Uh, I would say probably around, yeah, the 30, 35. Uh, that's about where Trumaine picked it off. And he just took off. He, he was uh, right around the numbers to his left side of the field, Darnold's right, uh, picked it off, and he was off to the races. I mean, there was no one between him and the end zone. So, uh, you know, he didn't actually finish the play out and bring it all the way back. It's 
practice, you got guys kind of standing around. So uh, they blow the play dead after, you know, 10, 20 yards when it's pretty apparent what's going to happen. And somewhere in that time is where Jermaine, I guess, you know, felt the hamstring tighten up before it go. Uh, but, yeah, it was a nice play by Tremaine. He reacted well. He, uh, at first, it looked like he was going to break with Tomlinson, obviously follow him, but he saw the throw come out of Darnold's hand, uh, go in a little bit of a different direction. He adjusted to it well and uh, managed to get both arms wrapped around it and take off in the other direction. So uh, a nice play for him. And like you said, he's made a handful of uh, nice plays, some picks in training camp so far this year. So uh, it seems like he's starting to, to up the playmaking a little bit, which is obviously exactly what the Jets would want out of him. So, again, if he's out for any sustained length of time, that's going to hurt. Hey, guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Almost all of Sam Darnold's interceptions in training camp so far have been to Tremaine Johnson, right? Uh, I think he's got a good chunk of them, yeah. Uh, I don't chart seven on seven reps. I, you know, I, I watch him a bit, but uh, during the team reps, I believe he has both of Sam Darnold's interceptions, and uh, you know, he's gotten in the way on some seven on seven reps as well. So, yeah, uh, it's been a good training camp for Tremaine Johnson so far. You know, not to say he's been flawless. He's still had some plays where he gets beat and, uh, you know, he'll occasionally give up a play. But, uh, you know, he's being more disruptive. He's flocking to the ball a little bit better, it seems. And he's making those big plays that you would hope out of him and that he's kind of been known for in the past. So uh, seeming a little bit more himself than this past season. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a good summer thus far for Tremaine. You just got to hope at this point that it's not completely derailed by this hamstring. How did Darnold look other than that interception that he threw to Tremaine Johnson? Good day for him? Yeah, 10 of 12 for Sam. He had a touchdown during a red zone period as well. Uh, so he was sharp. He completed his first seven passes until that pick by Tremaine. Uh, so, yeah, he was doing a nice job. He was slinging it. He was, you know, spreading the wealth a little bit, just kind of like we talked about after that Giants game. So uh, kind of business as usual for Sam. He just keeps coming along. And uh, outside of, you know, the first couple days of training camp might have not been as best as he was, you know, shaking the rust after the long layoff. But for the most part, he's been really good all summer long, and this was just another continuation of it today. The first real training camp fight happened today. And Matt, I'm proud of myself here because Chris Nimbley and I did a mailbag before training camp began, and somebody asked who we thought would be the guy that would start the first training camp fight. believe my answer was Ben Braden, and I was right. So patting myself on the back here, Barry Horowitz style. Ben Braden and Canadian Thanos, Nathan Shepard, getting into a scuffle today. Yeah, and we, we've seen one or two like minor scuffles during some individual pass rush drills and stuff. I remember seeing one across the field at one point. But yeah, this was one of the, you know, the, there haven't been many of them this summer for sure. So uh, at some point, I, you know, I didn't exactly see what precipitated it, but all of a sudden you just saw uh, Britton and Shepard kind of sniping back and forth, and then they were shoving a little bit. Uh, Eric Smith, another offensive lineman, kind of stepped in there and uh, it looked like he kind of got smacked upside the head by Shepard a little bit. I think Smith was trying to be a peacemaker, so that's probably what he gets for being a good guy. 
but yeah, it was, you know, a little bit of a fire and brimstone from the Jets getting a little heated and, uh, you know, the competitive spirit kind of, you know, nothing over the edge. No one was throwing punches and wildly flailing around. Just uh, a little kind of good-natured shoving match, and then both guys trotted off. And, uh, you know, the, the coaches from either side kind of told them to calm down a little bit before they get back out there. So uh, fun to see some competitive spirit boiling over for a second uh, in practice. You know, you don't want that if it's in a game if you're a Jets fan flags would be thrown pretty quick but uh nothing wrong with guys getting a little fired up and and really getting after it in practice let's talk a little bit about jamie mosley the younger brother of cj mosley i've heard his name a couple of times at training camp he had another good day today with a sack of luke falk does he have any chance of catching on i would put him kind of on the bubble at this point personally uh i just did a, a thing where i wrote about some bubble guys on NJ.com the other day. And if I, if memory serves, I had him on that list of guys that was kind of just on the outside looking in just because I think uh, the Jets are a little crowded at linebacker right now. I think there's some guys that they like at that spot. So it's going to be a little tricky for him to make it. Maybe he can, you know, prove his worth on special teams and as a depth guy enough where they get to hang on to him. But yeah, like you said, he popped up here and uh, here and there. Another nice play today with that sack of Luke Fox. So, uh, good on Jamie Mosley. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, even if, if, if he doesn't make the 53-man, I'm sure he'll land on a practice squad, if not the Jeff practice squad. So uh, I don't think he'll be hurting for work. Uh, you know, he's shown enough over the last few weeks here where he, sh- he deserves some sort of employment from someone over the, the course of this season. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, where it is and what kind of uh, role he's in. Uh, and I know – Scott, we were talking about kickers uh, a little bit ago. The uh, the Vikings made the trade for uh, Vedvik from the Ravens, and they're giving up a fifth-round pick. So that's uh, relatively steep. So take that option off the board for the Jets. Uh, you know, they're not trading for him. So if they're going to pick up another kicker, I guess it's going to have to be a free agent at this point. Maybe they will talk Jay Feely out of the broadcast booth. That's been my theory. Joe Douglas talked Ryan Khalil out of retirement. I think Jay Feely can still kick. Yeah, there you go. Maybe we'll uh, be calling Joe Douglas the retirement whisperer soon enough. <laughs> With Derek Jones gone, Trayvon Campbell takes his spot on the second team. What do you know about him? What's he done in camp? Not a ton, to be honest with you. Uh, he's mostly been running with the threes, and it, you know it gets kind of easy to get lost in the shuffle back there. But uh, apparently, the Jets liked what they have been seeing out of him, or at the very least, are willing to give him a shot moving forward. Uh, but the deck chairs are going to get shuffled a lot here in the coming days, I think, especially if Tremaine is out for a few practices here, because uh, that leaves you Brian Poole and Daryl Roberts as the normal starters, and then. A whole lot of guys that are unproven with not great track records and very little experience beyond that. So um, we'll have to see if Campbell is a guy that sticks around in that second team role. If it was a experiment and the Jets start rolling a few guys through there, they've done that at some spots. Greg Williams has kind of had some guys roll through outside linebacker spots when he was trying to like get a feel for guys at some point. So I wouldn't be surprised if Campbell was the first of you know two, three, four guys that. Greg is going to roll in there and just kind of see what they can do. Um, so maybe we'll check back in later in the week once we've gotten a chance to, to see a few of these practices and kind of see who's fanning out and who's starting to step up into those roles. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. 
Trevor Simeon was pretty steady on Thursday against the Giants. Sounds like he had another good practice today, forging a little bit of a connection with Deontay Burnett, who it appears is coming closer and closer to locking down that number four receiver spot. Yeah, Burnett has been doing a, a pretty nice job throughout camp for sure, making some nice plays. He's uh, definitely kind of the backup slot guy behind Crowder at this point. Uh, remains to be seen, I think, a little bit if the Jets also like him in some of the outside roles, kind of filling in for Robbie or Quincy if they get hurt. Uh, I know when Quincy went down last week uh, briefly with that groin thing, Josh Bellamy was the guy to step in for him. So, um, you know, maybe the Jets just like Burnett a little bit more in that slot role. But I do think that at this point he's kind of, uh, you know, really starting to cement a spot on the roster. A lot can change over the next few weeks, don't get me wrong, but as of this point, I would certainly have him on my roster. Uh, he's looked good. He looked good in his limited run last year. Those, I think it was five games he played last year, and he always seemed to look pretty solid in those. So uh, a young guy that is uh, developing and starting to do some nice things, and I would be surprised at this point if he's not around come the regular season. Let's talk about other young guys that are developing and coming into their own, namely the members of the 2019 rookie class. What would you see from them today, Matt? Yeah, relatively quiet day for some of the rookies. Uh, you know, not that many big plays that kind of popped out to me. Uh, I know Quinn was filling in with the starters with Leonard Williams out. So, uh, you know, he's continuing to get some starters reps. That can only be good for him, obviously. But, uh, you know, I didn't see him being particularly disruptive or notice him a whole ton, uh, though I was, you know, kind of also trying to chart down reps for Sam and everything like that. So a lot going on. Maybe I missed one or two, but nothing eye-popping that I saw. Uh, Blake Cashman continues to kind of roll in there sometimes with the starters. Status quo for him. Uh, you've got Ja'Kai Polite. He's still rolling in there with some of the reserves, bouncing around. Not his best day as far as, you know, he doesn't get into the quarterback and uh, bringing a ton of disruption on that front. But uh, he's been kind of hot and cold in that regard this training camp. So uh, let's see what he can do over the next day or two. Uh, Chuma Adaga running with the second team again, as usual, he's kind of finding a role, uh, there and, you know, really looks to be the Jets swing tackle, the backup for both Beecham and Shell at this point. Uh, Greg Dortch, uh, you know, he was bouncing around the field in his various roles again, catching some punts, catching some passes, uh, and Adam Gase raved about him a little bit after practice saying that. You know, he uh, you know likes what he sees out of him, and I know Jamison Crowder had some nice words for him as well. Uh, so, yeah, you know, pretty quiet-ish day for the Jets rookies. No one jumped out a ton after their two days out, uh, two days off, but, uh, you know, no one, you know, indicted themselves and looked horrible in the process either. So um, a quiet day isn't necessarily a bad day. You know, just a kind of a solid all-around day for those guys. Let's go inside the press room now, Matt. We talked a little bit about – what Adam Gase had to say earlier in regard to Tremaine Johnson and Marcus May coming back. But what else did he have to say? Talked to him a little bit about Khalil and kind of his progress here. Because obviously Khalil has been on the roster for 10, 11 days at some point. You know, August 1st was when the Jets made the move to sign him. So I guess he didn't actually technically hit the roster for a few days after that. But uh, you know, he's been in agreement with this team for close, coming on two weeks now and still hasn't touched the field. But uh, Gay said it's just a matter of the Jets trying to make sure he's physically ready come the regular season. And that, you know, in the building, in the classroom, he's been very impressive. 
sharp guy, uh, that there's been some overlap between Gates' offense and some previous offenses that Khalil has worked uh, in. So, uh, you know, it's not a completely new language for him. There's some overlap and similarities there, which has been helpful. Um, so some nice things to say about Khalil. Uh, also had some nice things to say about Kyron Brown, the cornerback that we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, saying that he's been, you know, relatively impressed by what the undrafted rookie has been able to do stepping in there. Uh, but, you know, he also said that, you know, they know cornerbacks is a spot where they're going to have to roll some guys through. They're going to have to keep testing guys out. They're going to have to keep kind of trying to develop these guys and get the young guys up to speed as quickly as possible and, and make sure they're ready once the season comes along. So, um, you know, that's quite a tall order given what we've seen at this point. After Adam Gay spoke, three players spoke in the Jets' locker room. One of them, the aforementioned Marcus May. Two of them, two guys that you should definitely be targeting in your fantasy drafts. Those, of course, Sam Darnold and Jamison Crowder. And if you are interested in playing fantasy football, even if you haven't joined a league yet, you should definitely get in on the fun on the Draft app and Draft.com. They've got their best ball championship going on, and the grand prize is $3.5 million bucks. Imagine what you could buy with that. Ooh, I'm thinking about it right now. I'm playing, so I'm really hoping that I can win this thing. If you want to join the fun, here's what you have to do. Go over to the Draft app, draft.com, and sign up. It's an easy snake draft, so you don't have to worry about a salary cap, auctions, any of that stuff. Plus, you don't have to spend tons of time managing your roster throughout the season. You set your roster at the beginning of the year, and then that's it. They'll take care of it for you the rest of the year. They'll make sure that your best players are in from week to week. Sounds good, right? Well, I got something even better for you. A free shot at that $3.5 million when you make your first deposit over on the Draft app and Draft.com. How do you get it? Simple. Use this promo code, PLAYLIKE. You hear that? PLAYLIKE. Use that promo code. You sign up. You make your first deposit over on the Draft app and Draft.com, and you will have your free shot at that $3.5 million, just like I've got. Got my fingers crossed that I can win that because I got a lot of stuff I'd like to buy, and I'm sure that the Jets have plenty of things that they would like to buy with their playoff bonuses if the Jets make it to the playoffs this year. But if they are going to make that playoff run, everything starts by getting on the same page at training camp. Marcus May is there now practicing for the first time. Crowder and Darnold continuing to get in sync. What did these guys have to say for themselves in the press room after practice today, Matt? So I'll start with Crowder. Uh, you know, I think the most interesting thing that I uh, got out of him was he touched a bit on Burnett and Dorch and had some nice things to say about the two of them, as you'd expect. Uh, both of them kind of smaller and wide receivers, just like himself. And so he, he discussed them a little bit and said that he's, uh, you know, liked what he's seen out of both of them. And he's been trying to give them some tips and pointers, you know, in the film room or on the field, wherever he can, just to help them. Uh, but he also... Uh, as a former Duke guy, was uh, asked about Daniel Jones and his performance uh, for the Giants the other night, and uh, he cracked a little bit of a wry smile and said, "Yeah, like you know, it was it was kind of good to see, but uh, you know, he also he kept it brief. He didn't want to go too far into the praise for Daniel Jones. He knows that he's playing across town. He's not playing for the uh, you know Jones isn't playing for the Jets, so he wasn't willing to give him too much credit. But uh, as you know." Old Duke guys, he had to give him a little bit of props at least. So I thought that was kind of uh, an interesting and uh, amusing note for Crowder. And then as for May, he just talked about the process of you know getting back on the field, what it's been like for him. 
obviously he's had an injury plagued year plus really since the end of his rookie season. It's just kind of seemingly been thing after thing. And uh, he said he's feeling about as good as he has at uh, any point during that stretch. So he's not a hundred percent. He's not exactly where he wants to be. And he knows he still needs to work back to football fitness, but uh, he's glad to have the frustrations behind him and just get back out there and start kind of chipping away and uh, being able to make some progress and see some football in his future. And as for Sam, uh, you know, I think the biggest takeaway from him was he was just talking about uh, the Jets' offense's tempo uh, and, you know, what they want to achieve on that front. He's really, uh, him and Adam Yates and really the whole offense is putting a lot of emphasis on getting the line of scrimmage quickly, being able to diagnose things and work relatively quickly as well. Uh, they feel like if they can do that, they'll be able to keep opposing defenses on their heels uh, and, you know, they will be able to dictate the game. Uh, Gase had mentioned that he thought the team did a really nice job of that against the Giants, particularly the starting unit, did a nice job dictating the tempo. Sam agreed with that point and just said, you know, they, they want to make sure things are even sharper going forward just so they can continue to do that and continue staying on the front foot and keeping some opposing defenses off balance here. Um, so that's really the highlights of what everyone had to say, I would think. Matt, before we run, anything you saw at practice that was out of the ordinary or anything that we forgot? No, no, not particularly. It was, uh, you know, a Sunday after two days back, probably a little sharper than you would think after two days uh, off. Normally, I, I know the first time the Jets had an off day this summer, they came back and the offense looked pretty rusty the next day, uh, a little bit out of sorts. But you know, things were clicking along pretty good today. So uh, that's got to be encouraging. Two days off didn't slow them down at all. But uh, yeah, just another solid training camp practice all around for the Jets. And uh, onward we go. We got two more training camp practices here Monday and Tuesday, uh, leading into the Thursday preseason game down in Atlanta against the Falcons. And uh, I believe it's, what was this, practice 12. So there's 18 total practices in training camp. So you're, you're two-thirds of the way through the slate at this point. So just uh, marching on, soldiering forward. He does a great job covering the New York Jets beat oh. for New Jersey Advance Media and NJ.com. Mr. Matt Stipulkowski. Matt, as always, thanks for hopping on and recapping training camp with me. Why don't you let everybody know what you've got up at NJ.com. I know you've got the recap of practice, but what are some of the other things that you're working on? I think I'm going to have some more uh, kind of roster analysis stuff for the morning. Uh, and, yeah, head over to NJ.com slash Jets. You'll find it all there. And, uh, you know, over at my Twitter feed as well, M underscore Stipulkowski. That's S-T-Y-P-U-L. K-O-S-K-I, have some stuff there for you as well. So appreciate you all continuing to follow along. And, uh, you know, there's actual football games now, so it's uh, a little more interesting than just practices. We get some things to all watch together and uh, follow along. So uh, it's inching closer, and that's always nice. Only a few weeks away from the regular season starting, and you are going to want to make sure that you check out all of Matt's coverage, not just now, but once the regular season starts. Get in the habit now. Visit NJ.com slash Jets. And, of course, follow him on Twitter at M underscore Stipulkowski, S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.